Welcome to Do That Well. I'm your host, Brenda Brown, and with me in sunny Palm Springs, Karen Thrall. It's you. It's me. Karen. (laughs) We'll have to come up with a little jingle for you that happens at the top of a show. My name is Karen. Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) But today, we're going to talk about life after 30. Bum, bum, bum. So this topic uh, was inspired by people always telling me that I look really good for being in my 30s. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. That does happen to me, and it is a little annoying, but that is not what inspired today's episode. <laughs> but this episode is for all of you that might be over 30, as a reminder that mm-hmm. life does not end and there is still so much more to be yeah. had. That's right. And it's also a PSA to those of you who are under 30 to remind you that you don't need to achieve achieve everything by the time you reach 30. There's going to be more time. And also try Mm -hmm. and let go of this idea that 30 is the time that you have to reach all of your goals. (laughs) Yes. Not all decisions are made before you're 30. (laughs) No matter what anybody else tells you, we are here to tell you it does not stop at 30. (laughs) So we'll talk a little bit about why we think that 30 is the time that we need to have things figured out by. We'll talk a little bit about the, you know, psychology that goes into this thought process. You know, it was great uh, when we were prepping for it because we just happened upon this title of Life After 30 and we're like, there it is. That's what we're talking about today, life after 30. I know for me, I have two points I want to make today um, that I think, I hope, are an encouragement for the people listening and just something, some, a couple of philosophies that I have, being a woman in my 50s. So I think uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of this conversation Me too. And what's fun is that we are both post 30 and look at us. Our lives are still thriving. We've created a podcast in my 30s. (laughs) In my 50s. (laughs) You can do it too. (laughs) So to jump us off, this is a topic that we have or this concept we've talked about before, this concept of comparison. And here we are again talking about comparison because it is a big factor Mm -hmm. in this idealism that life needs to happen by the time you're 30. So let's start here. Why why do we compare? Why do we do it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. There is a pressure. I've heard many people... um, Talk about, oh, wow, I'm 30 now, so I guess I'm supposed to buy a house and get married and have a few dogs and kids and (laughs) have the best job in the world, and my career is supposed to be shining bright, and the pressure that a lot of people feel when they turn 30, and I think we need to relieve people of that pressure. I think more and more in our, our society now, things are happening when they're supposed to happen, and it's more orchestrated, and I remember a business coach Michael Neese, in case he's listening, I remember him telling me, even in career, he said, you know, before you in your career, you'd stay in one place for 25 years and get the gold watch. But now we're a portfolio-based career. 
which means we're building our portfolio and we're evolving. So if you're evolving in your career, that would probably mean the really good stuff is coming to you soon. So so take heart. Don't get discouraged because there's still re- a lot of really good stuff coming your way. And you used the phrase, things are happening when they should. I want to highlight that for a moment. This is not a phrase that we talked about when we were prepping, but I really like it. So I want to sit with it for just a minute. <laughs> this idea that things are happening when they should. I mean, mm. it's a, it's such an easy concept, but it's hard to live with, I think. Like intellectually, I understand things are going to happen when they should. But to feel that way, is mm-hmm. it's a bit different, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I uh, on that note, um, okay, I do have a quote that I like, and I'm going to, it's from Theodore Roosevelt. I thought it was really cool. And he says, um, and which is going to lead me into what I want to say. So he says, um, comparison is the thief of joy. So that's his quote. And I thought, what? That is such a great quote. So this thing of of things are going, you're evolving and you're changing and you're growing and things are awaiting you and there's opportunities is going to be knocking. There's other different opportunities that are going to be hot knocking. And I think what happens, what gets us discouraged, we start comparing ourselves to where other people are at in life. Well, they have a house. Maybe I should have a house. Well, their career is soaring. Maybe my career is supposed to be soaring. Um, and it could be on any facet. You know, well, they're already pros at you know, maybe a sport you love, or they're already here and I'm not. And that's that comparison. That is a thief of joy. When you start looking to your left and to your right, instead of on the path you're on, the the chances of you losing joy, inner joy is pretty high. So why do we want to talk about this is there is a path for you to walk and it's got a lot of joyful uh, moments waiting for you. And they're going to be uniquely yours. And it's never too late. And that was it, Brenda. Well, you're the, you said, let's do an episode and it's never too late. And that's how we went to Life After 30. And it's that mindset, it's never too late. Exactly. It is never too late. And on this idea of comparison, there is so much to compare to, right? Because there's not just our peers that you might be comparing yourself to, but there's also just the societal standards and what we see in the media, you know, when you turn on Mm. the news or when you turn on the television, who are you seeing? Are you seeing successful 50-year-olds or are you seeing successful 20-year-olds? And then you start to compare Mm. yourself to that and what the media is portraying. And so, again, I'm so happy that you said it will happen when it's meant to for you. And really tuning into this idea, this concept that every single person is unique and every path is individual and life goes on. Yes. Yes. Um, It's that, um, I don't know, this is okay. I'm going to, there's this other quote to Lauren Bacall. She was married to Humphrey Bogart and she said, I am not a has-been, I am a will-be. Isn't that kind of cool? I'm not a has-been, I am a will-be. Isn't that cool? So what you were saying about the societal norms and you comparing ourselves to maybe the, what the media portrays as successful. And so, well, it's too late for me. And so, in, in other words, I'm a has-been. I, I, I missed my chance. You did not miss your chance. 
absolutely did not miss your chance. And I can testify that because so much amazing life happened to me in my mid forties, like in late forties, all of a sudden, like almost like a whole new life emerged for me. And I did not see that coming at all. So this thing, I'm no one is a has been, we are all will be's. And so the, to silence the comparison, I think the first thing we really want to com- get across to everybody is let's silence the comparisons we have that are hindering us from, from believing and what is ahead of us and staying on course with what is ahead of us. And this is such a good reminder that it is a, that your life has will be's. I don't know why I'm getting so caught on my words right now. Apologies. But <laughs> this idea, again, that life isn't ending, that things will go on, and that there will be more opportunities mm-hmm. to come. Right. That there's not a set amount of opportunities. They're not finite. You don't have to achieve. It's not like Pokemon. You don't have to catch them all. There's there's more of them out there. Mm-hmm. It's a really nerdy reference <laughs> if you got that. <laughs> and the thing is, like, sometimes it takes a little more time to be ready. Um, we're we're being trained. You know, we're 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 picking up resources and skills. We're maturing, we're growing, and it's all in preparation. Everything matters behind me because everything behind me is propelling me to what is going on in front of me. So it all matters. And and um, and I wanted to, there's something else cool about comparison. And I've been wanting to talk about this on our podcast so long, and I feel like we finally, finally have my chance. <laughs> and it's Dr. Joseph Schran, and he was, he talks about envy, and there's three types of envy in our brain. One envy is being sad because someone has, has something that I don't have. It's a form of envy. A second one is thinking, is an envy where I don't feel good enough, I'm not worthy, like, well, there's, you know, there's not enough room, you know, like, well, they got it and I didn't. They got the promotion, I didn't. The third envy is an insp- inspiration where, well, if you can, maybe I can too. And in this life after 30, well, if you can, maybe I can too. That is, that I think is, is a better relationship with your personal journey. Well, if they can, maybe I can too. Or maybe I'll, I'll do it my way. They did it their way, but I'll do it my way. And so this thing in our brains, there's actually in the neuroscience of our brain, um, there is a, a place where we can choose. We can make a choice to be sad that we're, because someone else got something that you don't have or to feel disqualified because there was only room for one person. Or you can um, say, maybe I can too. And I think that's that would silence the comparison thing when we go, there's room for me as well. This takes me back to what I was saying just a moment ago with the media, because it can be challenging, I think, to find those role models for people that are over 30 and still living their lives. It can be a little challenging to find those role models sometimes. And I think that's why it's so important to be aware of the fact that what you're seeing in society and in the media is not an accurate depiction of the lives that people are actually living. So if it takes literally, you know, looking at the people that you work with or people that maybe you know via your family or 
other means, but if it takes finding an actual real life yeah. role model yeah. that you can look at mm-hmm. and say, well, here's somebody that is in their 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, for me, even my grandma, she's in her 90s and she's a role model. The things that she still does with her life at the ripe age of 95, it's inspiring. So I think it's important to, when you start to find yourself playing that comparison game, find some role models that are in these Mm -hmm. higher age brackets and let those that you're comparing yourself to, but in the way that it so inspires good. you so that you want to achieve those things too yes. and not because you feel like you should be there already. I, I would like to go back to um, the pressure that people when they turn 30 feel that they have to have it all together. I, where does that come from? And that's an old thinking. Well, definitely. I think when you look at our modern society and all of the technologies and, you know, all of the advances in medicine and science and just in general, how much more connected we are. So there's so much more information sharing. I mean, I could go on and on here. But when you look at the way that we live our lives now compared to even just 50 years ago or a bit longer, Again, my grandma, shout out to Carol Brown, you know, she was growing up during the Depression. So her life and what she needed to try to achieve is going to look so much different than the life that Mm -hmm. I'm living now and the achievements that I might want to, to aspire to, right? So you also have to keep into mind that we're living longer now. Like Things are different. There's a different way that life is lived compared to what it looked like. So some of these milestones that we might be holding in our heads are really a bit antiquated. Mm-hmm. That's so right. That's so good. Um, that which triggers this thought. When Because every generation is going to have a different way of doing things. So if you think of uh, people that were um, building their future during the Depression, people that were building their future and their lives in the 80s, the 50s, and now 2021, even that, if you zoom out and see how there are different ways to, to see your world open up, to see life, the things that you long for in life, there's different ways. And in coaching, Uh, One that's important to me is that we always talk about options. What are your options? We're very quick to go. There's only one way to do this. And it's that person's way. Or there's only one way. If I don't do it this way, then it's not going to happen. If it doesn't happen today, then it's never going to happen. It's this one option, one thing. And that's actually not how life is. There are many options to choose from. So for the people listening, if first, pick yourself back up. And go, nope, there's life after 30, and there's a lot of life ahead of me. That's number one. Two, stop comparing yourself to other people because you are uniquely carving out your own path. Another thing, and this whole society, societal norms that you were talking about, the pressures that we feel based on imagery, based on um, what we're being told or what we're seeing in, in uh, media, whatever that's putting a pressure on you to be someone that maybe you're not. The other one is look at your options. But it is so important to remember and to have in our forefront 
that we do have lots of options to us, that there is not just one option or two options or three options, that there is an infinite amount of options. And this does also go back to what we were talking about earlier with, you know, media stimulus or comparison with peers, so on and so forth. It might start to give you this idea that there's only a few options available when that's just simply not the case. I think of my life pre-30. <laughs> I, I did also ascribe to this societal idea or the norms that I assumed that by the time I was 30, I would have a white picket fence and I would be married and I would have kids. And I had all of these milestones that I thought that I was supposed to hit. And I think when I was, you know, year 33, realizing, well, I don't actually even want any of that. And there's all these other options that I do want. And you know, just remembering that there are more options available to you just because they're not the ones that society or friends or family tell you are available to you doesn't mean there aren't additional options. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said. I'd love to land on that word. You just use milestones. Is it this thing about there's life after 30? Um, if you graphed out a, a map of a timeline of your life and you've done the first 30 years and you had all this pressure you, you put on yourself to have these all these milestones been at 30 uh, tell me what do you think like is that part of the problem is that do we are we creating that uh, like the expectation that you have to reach milestones is that something do you think we're we're um encouraging like subconsciously encouraging people to have these very specific milestones? Do you think that's in our our culture or is that something that just people do individually where they have expectations for themselves? What do you think? I would say it's, it's likely a little bit of both, right? It's likely a little bit of column A and column B. In my opinion, I do think a lot of it is because we are creating these milestones. I think we're putting pressure on ourselves. I think society is putting the pressure on it. I think we might feel it from our relatives or our friends. But there's this idea that these milestones should be hit by this 30-year mark for whatever reason. Who knows where it originated? Um, but I do think that that is a really real thing that people feel. Mm -hmm. And again, you might get to that age and realize that's not even what you want. I mean, that's what happened to me. And it was really discouraging to first off go through mm -hmm. this feeling of, okay, well, I'm 32 and I didn't achieve any of the things I was supposed to. So at first I was just feeling awful about myself. But then as it progressed, then it became, well, wait a second, I don't even want these things. Mm. And so then it's this, well, what do I want? And that was actually the exciting part. When I gave myself the permission to say, I don't even want these things. Mm -hmm. What do I actually want? And for me, that was really exciting. It was scary, but it was an exciting realization to make. Mm, that's good. Because I'm wondering, um, these milestones, these expectations, um, these dreams, these hopes, that we, we have a habit of adding a time on it. It's like we mark it on the calendar, time. This is going to happen by the age. Some people are really fortunate and they do have that 
that gift. <laughs> you know, they are blessed with this whole thing of, you know, they set their mind in two years. I'm going to, I know many people this way, but that's a form, a type of person and they're wired that way. And, and their life is designed that way. But I wonder if um, life after 30, if we removed um, these calendar time expectations, why is the calendar so important in carving your path? How did that, you know, the clock is ticking, you hear that expression, but how did that become so important in set and sail on your course? Like, why, why is time and why is, does it become urgent and immediate? And I think that's where, you know, if we could diffuse some of the time component, the calendar, I'm thinking more the calendar component, you know, that in two years, you know, or I'm, it's going to be this way, or I'm going to do this in five years or one year or six months or three months. I'm like, hmm, I wonder why we do that. Is that something just in our society or is that something global? Like, is everybody really allows the calendar to dictate their successes? That just me doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm musing, Brenda. I'm, I'm musing. What, what has caused this calendar thing that we have? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I muse along with you, if we, if we have a rap session here, um, you, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but I'm gonna say it. I think there's a bit of fear. And I think a lot of that fear is tied to finances. I think there's this idea that if you don't hit this milestone by the time you're 30, then that means you're going to be starving and not have enough money to retire and you're going to be working until the day you die and everything's over and that's it. Wow. Like, like, do you I think, think that's, that's – Wow. Wow. Because I know that that was, a, I mean, not that entire thing. That wasn't all of my narrative. But I know for me, that's part of the narrative. And that's part of the narrative still even when I look at myself. I'm 30. Am I 35? I'm 35 now. <laughs> and <laughs> and I still have that thought sometimes like, okay, I need to figure out my career. I need to get my retirement in order. I need to, you know, get my savings because I don't want to have to be working until – I die. Yeah. Hmm. And the, and the current time that we live in, I think that's a real fear that a lot of people have. One thing that I really appreciate that you're saying and bringing attention to um, is that pressure, you know, this, you know, this money pressure. And I, I have to say with encouragement, if it's ever money, you can recover. I, I can tell, I can testify to that money is recoverable. And I, I don't believe you should ever make a decision because you don't have money. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You just don't know. And I see it in my life over and over again, the opportunities I didn't, I did not know were going to come my way. And also the challenges that go with it. But money is never, money doesn't have that as much power as we give it. I, I strongly believe that. I think that in the right time, and especially when your intentions and you, you, you know, you look at what you really want, like you were saying earlier, which I love, what do I really want? And you look at what your heart really wants, 
and you turn on that light switch, I, this is what I want. You know, if I was really honest with myself, this is what I want. You're going to move in that direction. I, okay. So I have to say, I'm going to lump myself in with the audience right now. Okay. Okay. Karen has given us this message before, so we need to listen because Karen, you've told me, you've told the audience, you've told us before that we can't let money be the thing no. that hinders us. No. And so we need to listen. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm taking okay. away from this. We need to listen and we need to take this to heart. I need to take this to heart. The audience needs to take it to heart. Mm-hmm. If money is a part of this conversation for you, if when you look at your life after 30 because life doesn't end after 30, but if you're looking at it and money is something that is playing into fear or mm-hmm. otherwise a part of this conversation, we need to listen to Karen mm-hmm. and it cannot be the thing that stops us. No, there's so much more. I'm, I'm saying to, it. Yeah. No, I appreciate that because there's so much more. Like money is a small percentage. There is so much. I, you know, I so I have so many memories of – realizing that I was in a moment that I really loved and money had nothing to do with it. Like I have so many memories. I'm in this moment right now. Just stay right here. Just revel in this moment because, and money had nothing to do with the moment. And it's, it's a forever memory now in my mind. So that's why I go, it, it really is not the basis for what's ahead of you for your future. It is a resource. It is a resource but it's not, it doesn't define you. It's not going to make you, it's not going to, it's not what makes you get to where you're going to go. What makes you get to where you go is your confidence. It's your assuredness. It's your calmness. It's your planning. It's your desire. It's your passion. It's your heart. Those, that is the, this, the wind in your sail. That is the wind in your sail. And because you're on that trajectory, money, the money that needs to go with that, it's you're you're just gonna think differently about money. All of a sudden you're you're gonna make different decisions because you're so sure of yourself that money now is a resource. And you're gonna start letting money play a part in it, but it is not the solution to it. It plays a very important part. But I find that when your mindset's in the right place, your view of money evolves and adapts to the to what your heart is wanting you just think differently some of the things I've thought I just and then I thought about how what do I do with money as a resource but some of the ideas I've had in my life I'm like where did that idea come from and it, it had nothing to do with money so it is it is a resource and it's a tool but it is not the defining decision maker ever never never because you don't know what tomorrow holds you have no idea what's ahead of you Okay, we're going to listen. The audience and I don't get to talk about money anymore because we're listening. No. We're heeding your advice. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> no, we do need to talk about it. <laughs> we do need to talk about it. <laughs> and also, I, that's just one perspective. That is just my perspective. And I am a piece of the puzzle. There are thousands upon thousands of millions of people who strongly disagree with me. I'm telling you my life. Like, I, I believe the less power I give money, the more money becomes a resource. So if if money, if you believe that money is a reason that you're going to have a life after 30, I, I personally don't think that's the answer. I think money is a resourceful tool, but I am the reason. 
I'm going to have a life after 30 and money is going to play my game. You know, money is going to be something that I strategize with and I plan with and I negotiate with and I think with, but I'm not going to let it um, dictate. Okay. So we are running out of time to wrap things up. And on our, as our parting gift to you, Karen, who is in her 50s, and I, who am in my 30s, are going to give our last sage words of wisdom. Uh, um, the, my last thing I want to say is the view from being in my 50s is beautiful. And I can tell you, there's still a lot of possibility waiting for me. There's still a lot of opportunity waiting for me. And I just want to keep my heart open because I just don't know what tomorrow holds. And I, I want, I want to be open to the joy that's in front of me and, um, and all the stories behind me, they propel me into that. Like all the stories really matter. They brought me to where I am today. So that's my little tidbit. I love it. My tidbit is going to be going back to what I was saying earlier. If you're in your 30s or approaching your 30s and you haven't hit those milestones that you thought you wanted to hit or you know you're not going to hit them, take a moment to just reevaluate and reflect and think, okay, what do I really want? If these milestones aren't happening, can I give myself permission to let them go? And then reevaluate and figure out, well, what's next? And when you set that what's next, don't put a calendar timeline on it. Yeah. Allow it to be a milestone, yes. but one that yes. you aren't giving a yes. calendar timeline to. That's so good. So good. So those are the sage words of wisdom <laughs> from Karen and I that we will leave you with today on Do That Well oh. in our chat about having life after 30. Thank you for tuning in. And we hope to... Have you join us virtually again next week? This is Do That Well.